Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery and today I'm excited to have Nishal Shetty, who's a founder of Crowdfire, uh, which is a social media tool, and Vazirx. Vazirx is India's top-rated cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, they have built the world's first auto-matching P2P, P2P engine that helps the user with uh, crypto conversion in a faster, cheaper, uh, and safer manner. Uh, Nishal uh, is a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur uh, in 2014. Welcome to the show, Nishal. Hey Rohit, thanks a lot for uh, having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So, you know, uh, before, before the podcast, we were, we were talking about, uh, about your journey and you, you uh, possibly one of the few entrepreneurs who come into my podcast, whom I personally know and met. Um, so I was just wondering, you know, uh, uh, how did your journey start in, into this crazy world of startups and entrepreneurship? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, you're also probably one of the few people I've met and I'm doing a podcast with. So it's very interesting. Um, good to have met you before uh, getting on this show. Uh, so my journey, you know, it started way back in, uh, uh, I, I think 20, 2010, 2011 is when uh, I started as, as an entrepreneur. Um, but it was not like a one push into like, you know, one fine day I wake up and I say I want to be an entrepreneur. I had a regular uh, day job as a software engineer, which I was enjoying. Uh, but what I enjoyed the most was building products. So whenever I had free time during my weekends, I used to build something or the other. Uh, and now this this was uh, in, I think, late, early 2010 when uh, Twitter had just launched their uh, APIs. And they said, you know, they sort of opened it up to the world right. and said that anyone can build anything on top of Twitter. And that I saw as an opportunity to build something uh, just to scratch my own itch. And uh, I ended up building what became Crowdfire. Um, the surprising thing was uh, the moment I built it. And I built it because I, I needed something like Crowdfire. I wanted to grow on Twitter and I wanted to manage my uh, you know Twitter account uh, easily. And this Crowdfire helped me do that. Surprisingly, a lot of people wanted it. Uh, and by a lot, I mean over 20 million people have used Crowdfire now. Wow. So uh, it seems like everyone wanted uh, an easy tool to uh, grow themselves on, so, on on social media networks and also to manage them. So this that's how my you know journey began. And I, I despite the early success of this product, surprisingly, I did not quit my job. Oh. I continued to work because, you know, what happened is... Uh, I kept thinking that, you know, this may not really be uh, a thing that will keep happening. I thought maybe, you know, the users won't come back tomorrow. I know. Mm-hmm. And I started uh, just building it out, you know, making it better. But I never thought for a few months till the time when it started making me revenues. And, uh, you know, the revenues shot up and the demands from users shot up. And I realized, uh, you know, my weekends were not enough anymore. And that's when I quit. So it's been more of an organic way for me to become an entrepreneur where I would say my audience pushed me to it rather than me pushing myself to it. Uh, that's how the journey began. Um, and yeah, here I am after Crowdfire started Buzzyrex. Right. Now that's also, again, a very 
uh, organic and interesting journey. So uh, while this uh, Twitter product was working well, one of the things that happened in the whole social media space was that a lot of companies, including Twitter, started changing their API terms and conditions, the APIs they provided to third-party products. And that's when I realized, you know, that uh, centralization is not really an ideal thing for the ecosystem around something. So, for example, Twitter started uh, making changes which affected a lot of the third-party products that were built on Twitter uh, in a negative way. But Twitter didn't care much or, you know, the other products also, they don't care much or maybe they can't help it because uh, they have to focus on their own revenues and their own needs first before the ecosystem. Uh, this is where I realized that something like a decentralized system that I was sort of reading through at that time, but never been like completely into it. So I was, I knew there was something like decentralization okay. and blockchain and stuff, but the power that it can have on the world in uh, terms of, you know, I would say uh, creating true ecosystem, like ecosystems where not just the core entity, but everyone around it also benefits. I think that's uh, this at this point, I realized the importance of this. And that's when I said, you know, let's build something in the decentralized world rather than uh, sticking to just a centralized uh, ecosystem. So I moved on to building Wazirx uh, as a crypto exchange and uh, launched it. And surprisingly, it's, uh, you know, it's working really well in India. Um, we've got uh, tens of thousands of people using it every day now. Um, and uh, we do over 30, 35 million dollars in trading every month on the product. So yeah, it's been a very interesting journey where I just go where my audience wants me to go, I guess. Right, right. That, that, that's very interesting because you know uh, you one of the uh, you know one of the best product guys that I've seen because um, uh, because I I'm a paid member of Crowdfire and I also use Wazirx uh, which is there on my my phone all the time and uh, you built one of the uh, one of the best B two C SaaS products uh, out of India. Speaking of VC, uh, you know a couple of years back and uh, and I was and you mentioned that you you built a, a really kick ass product. Uh, did it really help you to uh, come out of a startup like Burp, uh, where you know you, you had a fellow alumni called of of Lacing, who's, who runs a company called Web Engage? He came on episode number sixty-two, and there are lots of other interesting entrepreneurs who 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 come out of Burp. So, does it really help to be a part of a, a growth story of a company which which went on to become uh, a successful startup? Yeah, I. I... I think definitely. See, the thing is, if you are part of a successful startup, right, right. Uh, and, and and success of a startup completely depends on the people behind it. It's very simple. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, if uh, the 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 founders, the early employees, or anyone, anyone in a startup, if they're not passionate, if they're not talented, uh, right. it's very very hard to really you know uh, make a startup successful or make it popular. Uh, or, you know, anything. So I think uh, Burp, my early days as an engineer there, definitely helped me because of the people around me. And uh, Avlesh, like you mentioned, is an excellent uh, uh, entrepreneur today. Uh, There's also Anand Jain, who uh, is part of, he's a co-founder of uh, Clever Tap, which is yet another amazing product today. Uh, There's Deep Ubi, who's been building multiple stuff. He's in the US now. Uh, again, an amazing, uh, talented person uh, and an entrepreneur. So I think 
and these are just a few by the way there are quite a few more uh, who are part of burp who have gone on to build their own products um, you know either grown it or sold it off or you know something or the other but all the people i know were very entrepreneurial and that uh, you know sort of you know uh, i would say uh, gave me the initial uh, uh, push towards entrepreneurship and towards uh, being better than what i was uh, because you know when you work with smart people you are automatically motivated to be uh, up there with them or probably you know learn from them so yeah. this definitely helped and uh, uh, so that's been one part of it i would say if somebody wants to like you know eventually go to a startup some it's very rare where you know you just uh, start on your own and things work out uh, maximum people need guidance they need uh, training they need to know how things happen behind the scene before they do it uh, so i would say joining a startup especially in the early days or the, in the at times when it's rapidly scaling uh, that's a very uh, good move if you eventually want to be an entrepreneur go and learn and see how things are done so that you do not have to just re- relearn all of these things from your startup days from ground zero you if you can learn abc it's better to do that in a uh, existing startup and then go on to build your own interesting yeah so um, i want to get back into uh, into a wazirx story so uh, binance has recently you know bought your company uh, for for an unannounced uh, amount but uh, how did uh, how did that happen and why did you decide to you know uh, sell the company yeah that's a, um i think it's been so this is not like a, you know uh, let's go and sell or uh, for us or for them let's go and buy kind of a story uh i ever since i've been building a wazira x in india so one of the things that uh, if you're aware is india has had a, a regulatory uncertainty in the country when it comes to crypto okay. and uh, but the thing is it india is not the only country there are many more countries where there's no certainty about crypto and uh, for a valid reason it's very new right country don't know what to do rather than anything they don't know what to do so that's the biggest problem today right. and uh, i re- i've i've never been in in you know in a in a space and most of us have not been where uh, something in technology is so new that the everyone the entire ecosystem around us is, is is confused or baffled on how to handle it be right. it the authorities be it your people you know your customers everyone because it's so new this is like you know uh, the early days of the internet where there were no laws written there was nothing uh, which governed the internet and eventually now you have all these data protection laws and you know uh, stuff that's coming out but early days of the internet nothing existed that's exactly what it is with crypto right so when you're doing something like this you need not just your uh, you know product and talent and marketing but you need a lot of insights from a regulatory point of view you also need a lot of uh, i would say resources in terms of capital in terms of people uh, in terms of connections to be able to build out this ecosystem because every country today is in the process of building out the crypto ecosystem it's not like a ready audience you know uh, right. i mean take for example this podcast uh, we make we have this conversation you put it out there it automatically will reach people people will find it all of because the infrastructure is built out Correct. there's google to search it out there's someone to host it for you but in the and there are people in everyone is on the internet already your audience exists Correct. but in crypto you have to build all of this stuff by the way uh, because it's like you know it's at ground zero 
uh, you have you don't have enough infrastructure you don't have enough uh, uh, audiences so as a company there's only so much you can do you know in the initial days uh, so i had a choice do i raise traditional venture capital but the problem is even if i have the money what about the expertise what about the help i need around everything else versus can you find a stronger better partner who's been there done that seen it and can help you go from 0 to uh, 10 uh, faster than anyone else and that's where i saw binance as being that partner because uh, they've achieved something which is phenomenal unheard of anywhere by the way uh, one of the fastest companies i think or the only company that reached 0 to 1 billion dollars in revenue in just two years of uh, you know starting up and uh, that's crazy you know if you think about it it's unheard of so i think uh, i saw them as the ideal partner so i reached out to them in the beginning um, uh, but they were in a different uh, uh, building zone so this was in 2018 um, so they said that you know right now they were tied up with their work and uh, they didn't want to explore or venture into other countries or other stuff but in 2019 so they got back saying hey you know uh, we remembered this conversation and we think now is a good time to get into details and stuff and that's how this whole thing happened and i had reached out this is more like can we do some partnerships can you you know provide us with help and stuff but eventually when we started talking we realized that both of us had the same kind of mission you know right uh, and the same kind of vision on how to approach this problem of uh, creating the crypto ecosystem not just in india but globally and how to make crypto accessible to everyone around the world so when that happened you know you, you just realize that missions align so the best way to do is to get together rather than being on opposite sides of the table and that's how this whole uh, um, you know i would say the acquisition thing came about Correct, correct. And um, you know, you've been a vocal supporter of of blockchain technology, uh, but uh, you know, in layman terms, you know, what would a blockchain technology mean? And you know, how how does uh, you know uh, uh, do you, do you think a blockchain technology would be available in most of banking uh, transaction institutions? See, uh, so you know, in terms of technology, if you look at blockchain. to make it very very simple um it's nothing but a distributed ledger for example mm-hmm. let's say uh you have a piece of paper with you and i have a piece of paper with me and you write the number 10 there you then tell it to me and then i write the number 10 i tell it to someone else they write the number 10 and all of us have the same numbers eventually and if you add a new number or if i add a new number i propagate the same to everyone else and all of us can write these numbers but if you were to write a number that the others don't agree with so the majority has to agree with what you write and if that happens then we are all having the same data and the correct data and right. this is all that blockchain is it's just that this is all done in a you know more complicated way in software uh to make ensure that everyone has the correct data but no one has control if you realize you write it but for me to write on my paper it is on on me if i trust you i will write it otherwise i won't eventually based on this whole system the right information is surfaced surfaced out to everyone now uh 
when it comes to this whole concept of blockchain you will realize that until today what used to happen is if you wanted to build something you would have to keep this data to yourself you would be the one managing it uh, if i wanted to build something i would keep the data to myself and manage it there was never a way to work on publicly available data which is what blockchain makes it possible that this database is publicly available for anyone to write into anyone to read from right. and that's where the whole innovation aspect starts uh, and that's where bitcoin and uh, cryptos came in because until blockchain came into the system you never had a way to transfer value from let's say you to me electronically or over the internet by the way uh, right. if you look at if you look at the world before blockchain you could definitely transfer money to me online but you're not actually transferring it directly to me you're transferring it via your bank account correct you know uh, so i think this innovation where the way you can send a message to me directly today if you wanted you can send me a direct message from your pc to mine without any other third party you can now today because of blockchain do the same in terms of value you can send me value from your computer to my computer without any third party and uh, when you look at this and start thinking about the things that you can build uh, you're, you're, you know it's very hard to think about it by the way because this world never existed right. until today we could never send value to anyone anywhere in the world but now you can uh, and so you know the kind of applications that can come it's not just finance uh, or banking it can happen in every industry out there in different ways uh, i'll give you a simple example in the financial world okay Right. Uh, one of the things that is working really well today in crypto is uh, um, it's sort of the whole crypto loans. You know, people are ready to uh, give crypto out for X percentage of interest rates. Okay. Okay. Uh, now you think about the existing system in India, for example. Uh, we both know that the rate of interest for capital. Uh, it's probably ten to twelve percent or fifteen percent, right? Ten to fifteen percent. If you wanted to borrow money. Right. Uh, but in some some countries like say japan it's probably 1 or 2% rate of interest okay. why why is this disparity because your money today is held by geography if you are in india you only get access to capital in india right. if you are in japan you get access to capital in japan okay. and there's a disparity in these capital because japan has more money to give india has less money to give so the interest rates change right. now the moment this whole crypto comes in it breaks this geographic barriers because someone in the us can actually give you crypto right then and there whenever the moment they want to give it to you without any barriers so now think about what can happen to the capital markets in the future because someone sitting in the us actually if they keep the money in the bank they'll get one or two or three percent rate of interest from from their bank correct. but if they could lend that to someone in india they could get 10 to 15% correct which means eventually the money supply in the world will ensure that the interest rates are the same throughout the globe it might come down it might go up i don't know what that is because it will depend on the global supply but eventually interest rates will be uh, i would say uh, uh, the the same globally right. so so this is just one application you know i the reason why i'm not talking about like i don't want to pinpoint and say this app will work or right. you know this thing i want to say about in terms of a concept Uh, the concept of capital today is very restrictive in terms of geographical boundary correct and i think these barriers will be broken when uh, you know we see mass adoption of crypto 
so just one example from my end, you know just to make uh, your audience understand what are the possibilities of crypto got it got it and so so you know i'm i'm a big fan of value investing and uh, uh, uh you know warren buffett and charlie munger but uh, uh, warren believes that you know bitcoin uh, is is not an asset class but but you have uh, you know uh, well known venture capitalists like fred wilson and, and navel ravikant from angelist who believe that you know bitcoin is, is a great investment it's not a it's not a, uh, a currency per se but uh, but you know why is the differing uh, you know inputs from banking industry and the financial guys uh, versus you know technologies like uh, novel uh, fred wilson and somebody like you uh, do you think bitcoin or cryptocurrency are currencies or do you think it's an asset class so it's a um, there's no one answer to the question of uh, what these cryptos are because right. you know uh, everyone uses it in different ways um, but let's uh, there are two questions here right the first is uh, why is there disparity and that's a very good question because uh, one side you hear people saying this is the next big thing this is innovative the other side you hear such a big contrast saying this is a, a scam this is a ponzi Correct. this is you know uh, the, and both of these parties are credible right you know it's not like uh, one is a, a credible person the other is someone just on the street to just shouting out loud uh these are all credible uh, names in the industry in their own respective industries the thing is crypto is so innovative and when you look at innovation right from you know even the internet or even before the internet way before like i keep sharing about this uh, be it you know uh, right from electricity there were uh, uh, reports about electricity being dangerous for human being because of the whole electrical wires that you have to Uh, lay and that you know it can kill humans and these were the kind of reports that were against electricity uh same with you know cars your uh, planes everything the right. thing is whenever there is disruption and whenever there is something unimaginable that is put in front of people we either uh, you know adopt it or we try to run away from it and uh, as humans that's what it is you either embrace it or you you know just run away from it uh because that's fear instant fear of the unknown and right. that's what i'm seeing uh, playing out right now uh but eventually what happens is everyone over a period of time if it works in the, in favor of the society everyone tends to go towards it uh you can look at internet there uh, there are, there will be hundreds of uh, cases of large business owners talking about internet being a uh, hoax and not working and eventually today they will definitely be on the internet all of them Correct. you know there's no one that the internet has spared so that is exactly what is happening in the crypto world and eventually what will happen is everyone who's against it will be on the same side of the table and saying that this is definitely a helpful thing but it will take time because it's innovative it's uh, cutting edge it's new unknown so yeah that's the thing about why i think that's such a disparity i don't think any one is wrong you know they're all playing to their whole uh, i would say instincts right now but right. eventually with the right information everyone will come on the other side and now the second uh, uh, you know i i think the second part of uh, what we were discussing right. is uh, uh, the cryptocurrency aspect is this a cryptocurrency so there are different kinds of uh, uh, 
so the name cryptocurrency is very misleading just fyi because you know it says cryptocurrency and then we suddenly want to know is this a currency is this something else so crypto is divided basically into a currency uh, or it's a, a utility token or it's a security there might be a few more definition uh, uh, you know uh, this thing uh, classification but these three so when it comes to currency i believe uh, crypto first whatever crypto wants to call itself a currency i believe the value should not ideally change because right. you know if i i transfer 1 dollar to you it should still be that 1 dollar and uh, that is hard to achieve in uh, crypto where which are deflationary by nature for example bitcoin there are only 21 million bitcoins in this world that will ever be created and uh, if you look at that the value of bitcoin will keep increasing because the number of bitcoins in the world is limited so it's right. very hard to see that being used as a currency having said that i again like i said i might believe that i but i don't know it might someday maybe the whole concept of currencies might change and this is how the world transacts but mm-hmm. i see uh, bitcoin as more of a store of value like a gold you know Correct. i see that that as digital gold where uh, gold is limited in this world or at least they say it's limited and uh, the value keeps increasing over time because demand increases and the supply is constant so i see bitcoin like that but there are these uh, tokens like stable coins they call it which is like a, you know it's backed by the dollar uh for every dollar that you put in the bank they issue one token online or uh, in crypto so those may definitely they are currencies you can look at them as currencies right. uh the third is utility which is uh, you know all these tokens that are needed to run those blockchains on which they are built on uh, like ethereum you need ether to run uh, you know your application on top of the ethereum blockchain so you will access that uh crypto so that you can run your applications so that's a utility like a classic case of a utility token yeah. so these are the different varieties and uh, there's no uh, there's always a debate on if uh, you know bitcoin should be a currency or should it be a, uh, a digital asset and i don't think there's any right answer because simply because nobody owns it that's the beauty of it nobody can define it and say no this is what it is if there was a founder maybe the founder defines it people accept but when there's a community you cannot have a definite answer to this it just it's just the way you see it you can take it to be what it is it's like that got it and interesting you you talk about uh, as as a digital asset uh, do you think you know somebody should park the cryptocurrencies uh, on on a ledger or something like a trezor or uh, do you think it's it's okay to uh, keep that uh, cryptocurrencies inside an exchange like like Uh, which i have kept uh, uh, on wazirx see there uh, it depends uh, if let's take for example you are not someone who trades often right. all right you have bought it so that you can probably uh, either sell it after a year or two or maybe more or right. maybe you just want to keep it uh, for as long as you can and you think that you can keep it safe on your own okay uh in your own ledger and not lose it and remember the uh you know seeds or keep it in a very very safe place that someone can't access it then i would see uh, you know using your own ledger and uh, device might be a good idea but if you are someone who wants to trade regularly or you are worried that you know you might lose the device or because you know remember that in ledger and all it's safe because it's uh, 
just with you but the downside is if you lose it there's no one who can help you uh, you know recover it so if you think that's risky to handle on your own then you can keep it on any of the exchanges like wazirx or any any of the wallets so it's a more of a personal choice you know whether you want to uh, there's a risk associated on in every way of storage um, exchanges can get hacked uh, you can lose it on your own anything can happen but right. right now what is happening is the ecosystem is such that uh, matured exchanges larger exchanges have uh, you know these sort of these funds where uh, they reserve in case of any incidents so that they can compensate users and as exchanges grow uh, in size their fund sizes grow so sort of seems to be and uh, most of the exchanges are getting smarter as well so i think uh, you know it's a personal choice i believe i i wouldn't uh, recommend any this says that uh, you have to take the call on your own but if it's a reputed exchange chances are it's going to be safe most times okay and uh, you know wazirx is uh, is world's first auto matching p2p engine so so what what do you what do you mean by that that's a interesting question um okay. so uh, i'm just figuring how do i explain it to your audience but let's take this uh, uh, so what is p2p you know peer to peer is where if today you have let's say one bitcoin and you want to sell it to me all right you can directly sell sell it to me and i will transfer the money my, from my bank account directly to your bank account so it's like uh, i pay you money you give me the bitcoin and we've done a transaction peer to peer directly between me and you now what wazirx does is it facilitates this transaction meaning we act as a platform where you can find each other me and you yeah. can find each other to do this transaction okay. traditionally peer to peer transactions used to happen you know on the products where uh, you have to put out a ad or a listing saying hey i'm rohit i want to sell one bitcoin is anybody there and similar to you 10 other sellers will also put their bid uh, their uh, listing Uh, very similar to your craigslist and you know all the other classified sites right. that was the traditional system and then me as a buyer will come and i'll go through all these lists and i'll choose the right one and i'll uh, contact you and then we do this transaction all right? right so but when we were building we realized that while this is good it's a very tedious time consuming process it also has its own uh, downsides to it uh like you know uh, if you want to buy uh, if i want to buy five bitcoin i need to find the five people from those uh, 200 or 300 listings and mm-hmm. communicate with all of them and then uh, get this deal done with each of them and that's very time consuming tedious when we wanted to build it we wanted to make sure that our people can buy whatever amount they want within 5 minutes so that was the mandate you know internally that can we make this p2p in 5 minutes because there's no way i can go through all these lists things and decide for myself in 5 minutes and finish the transaction so we looked at what is the best way possible and we realized that the way existing exchanges worked in around the world is they have an order book where you put your bid saying i'm selling my bitcoin for $5 or $5000 mm-hmm. or you know $50000 whatever that is you put your bid and there will be buyers who will say i want to buy bitcoin for x dollars and if the, there is a match then the transaction executes automatically on centralized on regular exchanges in our case all of this is the same in our p2p except that when the match happens 
the buyer is shown a bank account number where the buyer has to make the transfer oh interesting okay. once the buyer makes the transfer we tell you to you know release the um, uh, crypto and the crypto goes to the buyer's wazirx account and in this whole transaction the buyer does not have to worry if uh, you know uh, who rohit is how rohit is doing this what how much rohit wants to sell none of that it's just an order book where the buyer fills a buy, buy form and submits rohit fills a sell form and submits and we do the rest so all of the matching all of the stuff is automatically done by wazirx all that the buyer has to do is transfer the money to you you then release the crypto to the buyer in between we also act as an escrow so that if the money reaches you you do not run away with the crypto so we hold the crypto we lock the crypto when you are putting your crypto sell order oh, we okay. keep it with ourselves so that if there is no dispute in between this transaction so we act like the custodians in between during the transaction but yeah uh, when you go and see the wazirx p2p product you'll realize it looks like a traditional uh, you know exchange uh, where it seems like there's no there's no listing it's just an order book and you see all the on the left side you'll see all the um, buy orders on the right you'll see all the sell orders just the numbers the amount no humans name saying this guy is selling for this much and all that stuff right so i and this helped us by the way we've now reached where almost 90 95% of the p2p transactions happen under 5 minutes you know because it was just simple you go and fill up buy or a cell form and get your work done why do you have to do all that uh, stuff of going through listings so we solved that for the people and that made us go viral by the way Big, uh, so you know talking about products yeah i think if you're going to build a product first think about how do you make life easier rather than anything else if you mm-hmm. can make things better faster or cheaper for people i think that's the best way to build a product um your the way it looks the way it um, you know sounds the way it's made i think all of those are secondary you can always improve that uh, right. the first thing is it should solve a problem in a better way and it's uh, it's simple easier said than done because it's very very hard to find first what the problem is and then okay. find a better solution <laughs> because once you come across a sol- existing solution it's very hard to stop thinking of that solution and think of a better one right yeah that that totally makes sense and uh, is wazirx the only p2p engine in the world or uh, are there other you know exchanges uh, no one significant that i know of uh, people are trying to copy but the uh, level at which we now we've been it's been about over uh, i think 18 20 months since we've been building that so we've like you know gone a long way ahead in terms of this whole automated p2p matching we're the biggest in the world today and uh, we're just in india the idea is now can we take the same experience to more countries and which is where the binance acquisition can help a lot right interesting got it and uh, you know i recently read a tweet from balaji shrinivasan who's who's the ex ceo of coinbase that as the decade ends the biggest unicorn is not uber airbnb and snap but it's going to be bitcoin because uh, it was available to everybody uh, but uh, you know there there lot of currencies which have just come up in in last 10 years and uh, what are your thoughts on a uh, currency has been launched uh, by facebook like libra and you know how about other uh, companies like amazon and walmart if they decide to launch their own cryptocurrency do you think that would dilute the value of bitcoin ethereum and other uh, cryptocurrencies no i don't think so see the thing is every uh, crypto uh, will have its own unique use cases it's very similar to how you have tons of websites today Right. and unless they are direct competitors they don't dilute 
each other. They add to the ecosystem. You know? So if you look at the crypto ecosystem, there's a lot of opportunity today in terms of use case. So Libra, uh, if you look at uh, what Facebook said, their only motive was to make a transfer of uh, money easy between their own users, their own right. user base. And uh, that's a great use case, uh, which today they are using traditional money, but it's so difficult for them because they have people from different countries. And rightly so, which is why today you don't have a one click button on Facebook to pay anyone anywhere in the world. Right. You can not do that. They couldn't do that. Why? It's not like, uh, you know, technology was not the only barrier. There's also regulatory barrier and stuff. Now, the, for, the thing is the technology barrier has been broken because of crypto and blockchain. And when that has been broken, now it's to be seen how each of these companies integrate this whole, you know, transfer of value that can happen over the internet uh, effectively into their own products. So Amazon could do it, uh, you know, Netflix could do it. I would say everyone will eventually do it. But the uh, beauty is that large companies have to think a lot about the regulatory stuff around the world, whereas, uh, you know, new and fast growing startups don't have to worry too much because they can experiment in the right countries where you know the uh, situation is okay to try cryptos or they could you know just build stuff for the decentralized world and try these things out and stay away from the financial systems of all of the countries which is what is happening so a lot of the innovation that is happening in crypto they're not touching the financial systems of any of these countries because if you look at crypto as a system it's just technology in the end. There's right. nothing until you do not touch any of the money in any of the countries, the countries don't have a problem because then it's just you doing something online with others. Right. And that's where maximum innovation is happening uh, without touching the financial system. Eventually the regulators and all will realize uh, the potential of crypto. They'll come up with the right kind of laws to uh, ensure that none of the, you know, I would say uh, negative activities are happening like money laundering and stuff, but all the, uh, positives are taken care of and people can innovate but it will take some time until then i think all these uh, i would i my bet is more on uh, new age startups innovating faster than the existing giants around the world because they have a lot of uh, you know uh, regulatory uh, stuff to first navigate i think but it's a good thing but it's a good thing because uh, they have the resources to navigate this you know the whole regulatory landscape so it's a good thing for them to get in early and uh, start talking to the regulators around, which is what Facebook is doing. I definitely yeah. think something like Libra would be uh, a good thing for the Facebook audience uh, right. because then they can just you know transfer money uh, easily, pay anyone, anywhere. You do some job for someone on Facebook and they can just immediately transfer money to you. Anything can happen there. Right, correct. Yeah, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg has been trying to get into the payments uh, segment for a long time, but, uh, but, but, you know, since finance have recently bought you, you know, what are you going to use the, uh, the funding for, are you going to add more currencies and more people into your team? So I, I see it more as, uh, see, at first start thinking about uh, it in how do you grow your product? How do you grow your audience? So right. the biggest thing I'm, uh, I, opportunity I see from this whole uh, Binance acquisition is the opportunity to first increase the crypto ecosystem in India, right. uh, which uh, you know, which is where I will get all the expertise from them in how to you know build up the ecosystem, and uh, 
the that's one part the second is how do we also take this technology the p2p technology to more countries where binance since it's available across the world uh, we can choose the right countries to launch first with by the help of binance and uh, solve the whole pr to crypto conversion problem because right now while in india people can buy within 5 minutes using p2p there are a lot of countries where people are struggling like they're spending 6 hours 12 hours one day or more to mm-hmm. buy that first crypto and not just time they're also facing an issue of pre- high premiums meaning if the cost of bitcoin let's say is uh, $7000 right. uh, in a lot of countries it costs you 8000 9000 10000 to buy it because right. of uh, you know uh, the inefficiencies that exist in their markets so i believe that we can take this p2p technology and uh, introduce it to places where there are issues in banking and stuff right. and uh, bring down these prices as well as the time take so if we can do that and i think binance is the best partner to go ahead and try to solve this problem correct and uh, you know it's it's easy to say that you know uh, somebody could go back 10, 10 years they'll they'll buy more of bitcoin but in a hypothetical situation you know which which crypto would you buy for the next 10 years you know we are again speaking in 2030 which crypto do you think i should buy or you know some of the listeners should should look into into buying as an asset class uh, do you have any suggestions on that <laughs> that's uh, so uh, it's very interesting we can always hear uh, hear this uh, podcast in 2030 then but see i don't want to make any predictions because uh, you know i simply don't want to give any financial advice right. but uh, if i and so not from a monetary point of view but i think uh, it's a obvious choice is bitcoin Right. Uh, simply because it's uh, it's the first ever crypto that was built and it's something that uh, does not really though we know we have heard of satoshi nakamoto yeah. as the uh, creator it's every it's not seen as uh, uh, satoshi owning bit, uh, the whole bitcoin ecosystem because the ecosystem exists on its own right. so i like the fact that there is no one founder on whom this whole crypto, uh, bitcoin uh, exists uh, like depends on it's the community so i think yeah. and uh, something that is of the community built by the commu- community it's very very hard to displace that or to replace that or change it so i think bitcoin will stay and 2030 will be a very very interesting year i'm pretty sure about that for bitcoin right uh, apart from that i believe uh, you know in because i'm now a uh, part of binance and i would not have been if i don't believe in it but right. binance has bnb which is a very good uh, uh, i would say utility token uh, looking at the way they are building out their ecosystem so uh, i think uh, that's the other one the third is uh, you know i i have my own uh, wazirx token which is wrx which we haven't yet launched uh, oh, we are okay. working we are working on it but we have distributed it to our early adopters uh and the uh, reason being i've always believed myself personally that when you have the first set of users using your product you should always try to reward them and right. uh, this was my small way of uh, you know uh, rewarding our early users so that they are part of our uh, i would say ecosystem our community and uh, they participate in the success of this uh, product eventually so uh, wrx is something that we are still working on but i hope that in 20 by 2030 and that's the next 10 years i think i hope uh, we would have uh, really made it a very useful uh, token within the uh, wazirx ecosystem at least 
Got it. And uh, I quickly want to do the top three. Uh, uh, what's your favorite uh, uh, a business tool? Business tool. Uh, I think so. There are quite a few that I can't. Um, you know, I think if you take them away, I can't function without. Right. But I think uh, and a very interesting one now, right now, is uh, very hard to pinpoint one. But I think Slack is very very important for us right. uh, in terms of internal communication and stuff. And then I think Gmail is uh, something that I use a lot. Uh, for checking my email so these two these two got it and uh, you know if you could go back in time when you started uh, building wazirx uh, or even uh, crowdfire what is the one thing you would have focused on, on or anything you would have done dif- differently done differently so uh, i think for wazirx i've done a lot of things uh, uh, from uh, you know differently after learning crowdfire so right. going back to crowdfire i think uh, what i would have done differently from my first startup day uh would be to focus on the all round uh, you know i would say the health of your uh, startup uh, yeah. what i mean by that is uh first as a first time founder i definitely played to my strength of product and tech but uh though i i don't think i ensured that i play uh, i uh, looked at the all round development of the company meaning in marketing business development you know uh, uh everything everything around a company uh, right. what happens is founders just if you are into product you love product you just go deep into product 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 right. but then you forget the rest it's like you know if you're going to work out and if you're going to work out only on your arms your legs and your uh, uh midsection is not going to be as strong as your arms right. so what you need to do is you need to have a full body workout right Okay. it's very very similar with your startup you cannot just do one part of it and say i'll be successful you have to work on every aspect of that mm-hmm. and uh, if you don't have the strength find the people who can work on the rest of the part but i think an all round development so uh, even if you're a team of 5 or 7 or 10 you need to ha- ensure that every part of the startup uh, uh, needs are fulfilled in your team so uh, not have a one single track of just product product or tech tech or marketing marketing that's not uh, you know a recipe for success you need all components that's Correct. what i would have done differently yeah i think i think one of the vcs once said that you know a lot of founders are product guys but they don't worry too much about distribution and once they learn the yes. lesson you know uh, that's when uh, you know you can build great viral products exactly and see there is always an exception by the way there are always exceptions to these things but mm-hmm. i'm uh, talking about uh, 90 95% of the startups they always focus uh, the successful one they always focus on all round aspect of their uh, uh, company not just the product and that's how you get success you know correct correct and uh, do you have any favorite business book favorite business book so uh, um, is it's not see i've read quite a few business books but i think more than uh, you know the godfather uh, it's right. not a business book okay. but the thing is uh, it was something that i read very early on in life and i whenever people ask me i think that was the thing that shaped a lot of the way i do business you know it teaches you a lot about uh, ethics about how to you know deal with people right. um, you know how to uh, do the right thing how, how to trust and not to trust people Right. so i think i i always saw that as a very important book in my formative years of uh, becoming an entrepreneur so that i i see that as a business book 
So we'll put that in the show notes. And what are the best way people can reach out to you and, uh, you know, sign up on Vosirex? So I'm always uh, on Twitter. I mean, always as in you can always reach out to me and I try to reply to people. So uh, my handle is Nishchal Shetty, N-I-S-C-H-A-L-S-H-E-T-T-Y. And uh, for Vazirx, you can just go to vazirx.com. That's W-A-Z-I-R-X.com and uh, register yourself. Current. Uh, right, uh, Nishal, thank you so much for coming on to the show and congrats once again uh, for uh, for the sale to Binance and you truly deserve it. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Rohit. And thanks a lot for having me on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.